just sing another like hour, yeah? What's that? Oh, great shirt. Thanks. I'm about to talk about it. Good morning. My name is Melody, and I'm one of the pastors here at New Song, and I'm happy to be here with you. If you don't know, our lead guitarist is also our lead pastor, Pastor Grant. And Josh is somewhere. I just saw him. There he is. He's looking for the flannel shirt. There he is. Uh, Josh is bringing us the message. Pastor Josh is bringing us the message this morning. We're excited to continue in our series of Why Do We? We've done Why Do We Hide? Why Do We Collide? Today we do Why Do We? Divide. They all rhyme, so you can know it by now. Um, Well, welcome. Uh, You know, the song we sang at first, um, not the should I stay or should I go, although sometimes we feel that way in church, right? Should I stay? Should I go? Is this, is this message for me, or should I sneak my way out of here? Um, right? I mean, that's the truth, yeah? Yes? Okay. Um, so sometimes we feel that way, but I'm talking about the next song, the one that says, uh, you know, come to the feast. There is room at the table. Come, let us dwell in this place. And this next song, there, we will break dividing walls, all this stuff. Man, if you don't know us yet, if you... If you are just checking us out. That's, that's what this place is about. That's what, right? Yes, thank you. Uh, Linda, who got a haircut in the courtyard earlier, we give haircuts early Sunday morning. It's, you know, it's something we do. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, it's just cool things. Uh, I was working the pantry on Thursday night, and uh, this late, we had a, a Bluetooth speaker going, and we had, like, all this, you know, music going, and Jonas Brothers, which is my favorite. And, um, and we, we were playing um, the Led Zeppelin song that we sang up here too, another time. And the lady pulls up in her car. She's like, oh, I thought it'd be like Jesus music. And I was like, what? Yes, this can be that too. Like, what, you know, what do you, do you want to hear like, shine, Jesus, shine, you know? And so she was like, well, sometimes I expect that at a church. And I was like, okay, let me tell you right now. This church is not like any other church you're going to go to, (laughs) okay? This is who we are. This is who we want to be, and we want you to be you. And whether you want to sing Shine, Jesus, Shine, or whether you want to sing Ah, you just come, okay? Is she here? I don't think she's here. Maybe I scared her a little bit, but she'll come. Anyway, so welcome. Please put out a Connect card in front of you. We want to get to know you a little bit if we haven't scared you already. Uh, If you're just visiting us or checking us out or whatever it is, grab a Connect card. Also, last week I said this, hey, if you have a prayer request, if you have something you need us to pray about as a community or as uh, you can do it anonymously, which some people have done, or you can do it with your name on it, but say, don't post this one. Please fill out a Connect card. Let us know how we can be praying, okay? And we get that out to the prayer team or put it out to the community or whatever it is or just the pastoral team, whatever it is, we take those very seriously. So look at the cards in front of you. Everyone sees them? They're there, yeah? You see them? They're there. You know what's also there? A giving envelope. So that's how you give too if you want. Uh, Or you can do all sorts of ways online, digitally, all the things. Um, so all that good stuff is right in front of you. Um, something that I want to talk about this week, what are you, do, what are you guys doing on Saturday? The pumpkin patch! That's right, the pumpkin patch. So I would like to display to you my Halloween costume. 
of pretty much every year, this is it. Although it's not really a, a costume because I can really be a momster sometimes. But, um, but you don't have to come dressed up. You don't have to come and, you know, what, just come. Be here. Participate. And if you have signed up to already participate, thank you so much for doing that. I have the sign up right in front of me. Um, we don't need any more treats. But you know what we need? We need people to man stations. So if you are someone who's fun, and if you're not fun, don't worry. We'll make you fun. Um, we need people to man stations. There's a catapult station. There's a sticker station. There's a tattoo station. There's so all these things. We just need people to show up and man stations. And you know, when we put uh, efforts out into the community to host events, it is awesome if we are able to host it well as a church. Yes. The tattoo is not actually tattoos, although we could because we have our, our resident tattoo artist, Kira, running the slides today, yeah. Um, but temporary tattoos, um, or, you know, whatever you like. So uh, if, you, if you haven't signed up, come see us afterwards. There'll be a table out there, um, and I know that uh, it'll be great. Like I said, it's just great when the hosting church is well-hosted, and um, that involves more than just a handful of people. So please, 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 if you haven't signed up yet, come I'll, or I'll chase you down. I'll, I'm going to be standing in the parking lot with cones around me and you can't miss me. Um, so that is happening next Saturday. Also, be in prayer for that because, you know, that is, again, something that we do to reach the community, the condos, every, every place around us. We're going to be inviting 200 plus kids that come to the Thursday Connect on Thursday, we're going to be inviting all those, you know, kiddos. I was going to say wackos, but that, that didn't make sense. Is Sophia here? She can't, she can't relay information back. Um, so just be praying for the event. There's so many things happening um, this week. The youth group has mini golf this week. On Wednesday nights, we have something called Moms Off Duty, where we are indeed talking about the momster within us that sometimes can come out. So, so, so many things for you guys to get involved in, to know about, um, to tell other people about. Again, all these things in a, in a few weeks, the youth group has friends giving, um, just community things that we want, uh, we want just everyone to know that they are seen, they are loved, and they are heard. And so that is what we believe in very strongly, too. And another thing where we want uh, folks to have a safe place to come this week specifically, um, maybe you know, maybe you don't, uh, there's several districts around us. There's the Bonita District, the uh, Glendora Unified, Azusa, all these things. This week, uh, this uh, sanctuary is going to be open between 5 and 7 p.m. specifically to come and pray for the Covina Valley District. And if you don't know, Covina Valley, um, the administration and the teachers are having just a really hard time getting along. And I'm putting that very nicely. Um, and a lot of our kids here are in the Covina Valley District. Their teachers are being affected by this. The administration, again, affected by this. Just, we want to be a space where we open our doors and say, here is a space, just come pray. 
Come pray for leaders. Come pray for teachers. Come pray for the students, whatever it is. So five to seven, please spread the word if you are in the Covina Valley District, if you're a teacher, an administrator, a student. Uh, this uh, sanctuary will be open five to seven. We'll get that out digitally as well so that you can share that. But it's just going to be not a time of speaking or sharing opinions or anything like that. It's just going to be, hey, come in. You get a pamphlet to read over, and it's just a time for prayer, silent prayer, okay? So we want to make sure um, everybody knows that. That does feel like a sermon. Where's Ishmael? Is he here? There he is. My, my resident timekeeper, he's like, oh, you're doing announcements tomorrow. So it's the pre-sermon to the sermon. And I was like, well, you get us up here. You give us a mic. What do you expect, right? How long was that? Too long, right? Yeah, he says too long. That's okay. Well, would you join me in prayer today? And let's pray for Pastor Josh Koya as he comes up to lead us in the message today. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this place. God, thank you that there is room at the table here um, for everybody, for dreamers and schemers and um, just all the things, God, whether we came today knowing exactly where we stand in our faith, knowing exactly what our relationship is like with you, or whether we came full of doubts and even wonder, are you even there, or questioning so many things happening, God, thank you that there is room at the table for everybody. Lord, thank you so much that we are also able to um, just have and fun and celebrate, celebrate good things in each other's lives, God. Thank you for just the joyous celebration that we um, had this morning, God. God, as we just prepare our hearts and our minds to receive the words that Josh has to say this morning, God, would we just be as open to um, hearing that as we were to clap our hands and sing the songs, Lord? Lord, would you be with us? Be with Josh as he brings us your message today. Bring us, um, be with Josh as he uh, pours himself into, uh, as he has poured himself into his preparation, God. God, just um, would you be with us today, here and now? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Josh Koya. Brapa. I like that. I'm going to need that to be my entrance music from now on. That's good. <clears throat> well, good morning, everyone. Um, look, I worried about a communion. It's already up here. People are so on top of things. Uh, yeah, as Melody said, uh, my name is Josh, pastor here. Um, I'm going to continue us on in this series. I'm really excited about this series, Why Do We? Um, <clears throat> it actually came from uh, the series we did before, which was a Why Do We? series, uh, where we were very intentional. Uh, during the time of COVID, we decided to focus on the things... Um, that we do and really capitalize on what makes us unique as a church, what makes us a unique as Christ followers and put effort into those things. And that series came from us explaining why we put our efforts in the things we put our efforts in. So it was a very intentional series. And this series is like the dark side of that series, right? To where the last series we wanted to be intentional, I think that really the heart behind this series is that we want to be authentic. Because we are a church and we do want to strive to follow Jesus. We do want to strive to, to know God more. But we're also human. 
And because we're human, we do certain things. We have certain inclinations about us. And so we wanted to talk about those and put them on the table. The last couple of things we went through is why do we hide and why do we collide? And today we're gonna talk about why do we divide? And if I'm honest with you, I have a desire in this. I think it's important as part of talking today. And that's that I'm gonna do my best to talk us all and implicate us all in being divisive people. And just a little bit of, we have a little bit of that in us. And the reason that I'm gonna do that is because I remember when I would go to NA meetings with my mom, uh, at the beginning of the meeting, it would start like this. You would say your name, my name's Josh, and I'm an addict because there's this really important part to that whole program, and uh, the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. So we're collectively, as a group, we're gonna admit we have a problem, and that we're a little bit divisive at times. And that's important because if we aren't aware of it, that we aren't gonna do anything about it. And the other thing that we're gonna talk about, uh, just to even uh, start this off, is that we're going to see what scripture says about divisive. Because being divisive or being divided. Because we live in a world that is uh, more and more putting um, individuality and and autonomy and how you feel and and what you're experiencing and your truth, it's elevating that more and more and it's becoming the most important thing. And some of the stuff that we're gonna talk about today is, is talking about unity, it's talking about what that means and it kind of butts up against and collides with what we experience in culture, right? So we're gonna go to scripture and we're gonna hear a couple things that scripture says about um, what it means to be divided. So in Romans 16, starting in verse 17, it says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. So the very first thing this is saying, Paul's saying, is that if you are a divisive person, if you are dividing and stirring people up in that way, that the people that are out there, they aren't just kind of doing the wrong thing. They're in direct opposition to what God is about. Because they're saying God is about serving, this, this relationship with God is about serving God and serving others, right? So you're moving in this direction. And what these people are doing, all that they're focusing on is how do I serve myself? And that's in opposition, and it says to avoid those people. The other thing that it says in here, which kind of flies under the radar, is that divisive people are very capable. Otherwise, they wouldn't be divisive people, right? They're smooth talkers. They're kind of gregarious. They're, they're They're easy to connect with. And so scripture warns us against that. And it wants to clarify that for us. If you move uh, forward to 1 Corinthians, we're actually gonna be, if you wanted to get there, we're gonna be in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. That's gonna be the main portion. Uh, But at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, before Apostle Paul is talking to this church, right, the church in Corinth, before he's talking to them um, and he's encouraging them and, and dealing with all the stuff that they're going through, what Paul wants to say is, I want you to focus on the thing that is of utmost importance, And that's this, in verse 10 it says, I appeal to you brothers, and just so you know, whenever it says brothers, it actually means brothers and sisters. They just cut it down and put it short, but that's what it means, just a side note. Uh, By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. 
So he said, before I can talk to you about the things that are hard, the things that you're gonna do, the things you're gonna experience, I need you to remember something. I need you to remember that you are united. I need you to remember that there's something that connects all of you. Now, this doesn't mean we all believe the same or we agree or we even all have the same doctrine because I'm looking at this room and I know some of you and you don't all agree and you aren't all the same. And we're gonna get to that and why that's the case. But what he's saying is there is something that unites us and that thing that unites us is Jesus, what he did and the results of that. Because after Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came, it opened the door for something different to happen. And that's that God is right now currently both working in us and through us. So it's the mission that unites us. Not the ways of thinking, not the backgrounds, not our opinions, the mission that unites us. We're gonna fast forward all the way to Titus. In Titus 3, uh, verse nine, it says, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning them once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. So this is pretty harsh right here. He's talking about, so he starts it off with says, but avoid foolish controversy. Did you, did you hear about that uh, business leader? I don't know, he like bought a spaceship or something. Did you hear about um, um, that famous person? Remember, because they wore that one thing, right? These are, th- these are things that really captivate us. That, that you say that and someone's like, yeah, but they had a reason for it. and they're di-. You know, like we get divisive. It talks about genealogies, where we come from. We have things like, like race and culture and religion. It talks about uh, these foolish controversies and these quarrels of the law, right? Politics, senators, governors, president, all these different things. Have you guys, obviously you guys haven't been divisive over this, but have you ever seen someone get divisive over these topics? <laughs> have you ever seen someone like butt up and as Grant said, collide over these things? See, because lighting's one thing. Grant even talked about how there's, there's value in that and it's just the beginning part. But, but those, these things can lead to full division and we're gonna talk about that today. Because Paul in Romans, Paul was writing a book, uh, he wrote that book to the church in Rome because he believed with all of his heart that Rome was the central nervous system of the entire world. And if he got Jesus there, Jesus would make it everywhere. So he put a lot of effort into the doctrine and theology of that book. In Corinthians, he's pastoring a church. In Titus, he's encouraging someone that we see that there's this theme through all of what Paul's saying of warning against division. And the reason that I bring that up is because I don't think we will do the work. I don't think that we'll put the effort into this if we don't actually agree that division is a bad thing that division and what he's talking about can be harmful. Like I said, we're gonna be in uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12. We're gonna start in verse 12 and we're gonna go to 27. This time, I'm not gonna read it all. We're just gonna work through it together, but feel free to read through it all if you want. In verse 12, it says, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So right here at the beginning, we hear this word one a lot. 
And I wanna clarify something. Uh, when we're pursuing Jesus, when we're going to church, when we're maybe reading scripture or doing small groups or being discipled, it's not just a happy little accident, Barbara, love you, um, not just a happy little accident, this community thing that we experience. We treat it like that, but that's not it. Community, this connection that we have is actually core to our DNA. It's core to what it means to be a Christ follower. It's not just a, a, a side thing that happens when you pursue Jesus. It's core to what we are. But yet he brings up, and we're gonna talk about three things, reasons we divide. And the first is it's really easy. And he brings up a couple things here. The first thing he says is Jew or Greek, slave or free. He's speaking to that culture they're experiencing and he's like, there's already things that are telling you you're separate right there in front of you. And how much more do we experience this now? How much more do we have other things that we can be divisive over, right? We have so many things. I mean, it could even be like silly things like sports teams or it could be, I don't know, like cookware, I use that, I use it. We have so many things we feel like we can be divided over. And, and it's really easy to point them out and they're really easy to see, but more devastating is it has become easier and easier to make it happen. Because now when you see someone or you see someone online and they're writing something and you don't like what they say, unfollow, right? You can literally, like if someone say it, you can mute them. You can shut their voice off in your life. We have that power digitally. We can do that. And, and there's so many things the world is telling us that it's worth doing that for. So much so that when we take the risk, I don't know when the last time you've done this, but sit with someone and actually have coffee, right? You're like interacting with them person to person. And they say something that triggers you. And I'm guilty of this. When I get upset, when I get mad, I don't, I don't lash back, I don't start an argument, I shut down. I go real cold real quick. So what I do is I say, anything that you say actually doesn't affect me anymore. We have this mutual thing, but you just triggered me, so I am no longer reciprocating anything you say. And also another thing that I'm gonna do, I'm not bringing myself to this anymore. You're not seeing the true me. So we digitally can be divisive in a moment when we get triggered and sitting with someone. We're still sitting with them, we're still talking to them, but we could not be further apart. So we divide because it's easy. Verse 14 says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The foot should not say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear said that because I'm not an eye, I do, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. But if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members in one body. The second reason that we divide is because we compare. I read this book and I cannot, for the life of me, like figure it, remember what the book is, but it's this like this ministry pastoral book and there's this big section in the book uh, that talks about gift envy. 
that when you're in ministry, if, if you've been in church for a while, you've heard this, this language that we have gifts, right? And what a gift is, we believe that God has put something in us, something that we have an inclination towards, something that we have some capability in, that, that's an aspect of his character that's a, that we view it as a gift, that we're supposed to give it to people. And, and what this is saying is that in your, when you're in ministry, it's really easy to look over and see someone else's gifts and be a little bit envious of it. And here's the problem with that, that if, I, if you look over and you see someone's gifts, and this is what we do, something that we're not great at is the first thing we're gonna see someone else excel at, right? So something that we just know is a weakness, we see everyone else who is killing it in that situation. And it kind of looks like this, right? That you're like, oh, he is so eloquent with his prayers. I would never pray in public because I couldn't say the things that they say. That have you seen that person's Bible? You can't go two words without an underline and a highlight and a margin right and like notes all out of it, right? They're so holy, like they read God's word so, just so beyond me. Or you see these people that are always serving, right? Like left and right, they're everywhere. Oh, man. And we look at that, and this is what we do. We look at that, and we see those gifts, and we don't see them as something beautiful. We don't see them as something that could be a resource, but we see them as is a reason that we actually don't belong. That to be a Christian means this, and obviously I'm not doing that, so I'm not making it. And so we look at the hand, or we look at the foot, and we're like, obviously I don't belong because I'm not going anywhere. And we feel separate and we feel divided. Verse 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we, dis- we bestow great, greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with great, greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. The third reason that we divide, the third reason that we divide is, um, wait, we had compare. The third reason, oh, uh, I'm gonna totally miss the word, but I'm gonna circle back around to it and we'll get there. Um, The first reason that we divide is that it's easy. The second reason that we divide is that we compare. And the third reason that we divide um, is status. See, because we're a people who really focus on status. And you might not think of yourself that way, but it just happens, and so we we have to figure out where we stand in the world, right? We have to find some sort of hierarchy and see where we line up on it. It's inherent in who we are. I remember, it looked like this for me. I remember when Lindsay and I got married, I told her there was two things that, that once they happen, I know we will have made it as a couple, as individuals in life. Like, this will be the time when we're like, we've made it. I don't remember what one of them is, but I'll share the other one with you. Um, One of them was that when we finally got to the point where we had that refrigerator that did the ice and the water thing on the outside, I'm not joking, like we made it. When that happens in our life, like we're there, we would go and we would house it for people and they had it and I was like, oh man, this is bougie over here. Look, look at this. And I was like, I just like, you did it. I'm happy for you, I'm so excited, you made it, right? Like, but it was real, there was two types of people in this world in my mind, the people who had that and the people who didn't. It was very simple. And it sounds silly, but it's a status, and, and there was a time where I did not meet that bar. And, and that was a piece of it. And there was another time when I was uh, going back to live with my mom, fourth or fifth grade, and 
kids have trends. There's trends, like things you have to have, things you have to do. And the trend was uh, fleeces, like a fleece jacket. Uh, Old Navy fleeces, I don't know if you knew this. For, it was in Utah, maybe it wasn't here. But Old Navy fleeces were like the thing. And, and so my mom, uh, being a good mom that she is, she bought me a fleece. It wasn't Old Navy. So what mattered was not the fact that it was a fleece jacket. What matters is that it was an Old Navy fleece. And, and right, I went there, and, and guys, if you have kids in this area, or if you just experience, like, it's actually a big deal. It's really their whole world. Like, like because I had my fleece, whatever, it probably cost the same, because Old Navy is super expensive. I was excluded legitimately, I didn't have certain things to talk about. I didn't make the cut. There was a certain community that was visually, obviously, I was not a part of. And it mattered. And the last example, I promise, is that when I was living with my grandparents, I would get off school, and uh, I would do my homework and chores, and then I'd get on my bike and ride around our community, Levitt Lake. And as I was riding around, the whole purpose was to see other people and, like, hang out with them. So, yeah, you're on your bike, and then I would ride by my friend's house. And we all be riding. We realized we're all on our bikes. We're like, we should have a bike club, right? Because we're cool, and we're riding bikes. And we have a club, but you can't have a club unless there's something that defines your club. So our thing that defined our club was it, we were very progressive. Like, anyone could be in our club, any type of bike, as long as it wasn't a Huffy. <laughs> Huffies did not make the cut. Like, you could, you could be any, you could be a mountain bike, beach cruiser, it didn't matter, as long as it wasn't a Huffy. And so we, we, we had that state. Honestly, I don't think we ever saw any kid that had a Huffy, so it wasn't like we excluded anyone. We just, that was our thing. But, but we couldn't have a club. We couldn't have an identity. We couldn't have this thing if we didn't have a cutoff, if we didn't have someone that was excluded from it. And that's how we created that, is that we needed a status symbol. We needed, a, we needed something that said you had to be above this line. And this is what it looks like in church. And, and I'm saying this, and this is for church. If you've been in church for a while, this is to you. If you haven't, just stop listening for a bit. I'll bring you back. Church community, can we be honest with each other? We need to be careful in this. Because I've heard things, I've said things, I've felt this way to where we might say, you know, if our church just prayed more, we would be better off. If our church just read more scripture, we would be better off. If our church just got up, got out the door, and served more. I mean, Josh, look, it's right there. It says, do good. I'm just following what you guys told me to follow. It's right there. We would be better. Now, all of those things are true. Those are good things. Those are beautiful things. But we need to be careful to not do what Paul's saying right here, to disregard other functions of God because it's not our natural inclination. Now we might not do that outright. We aren't gonna say prayer's the only thing important, everything else is silly. But we need to be careful with our language. We need to be careful with how we go about things because we can get frustrated with each other. We can feel the status thing that we have of, yeah, if they just worked a little harder, they wouldn't be in the spot. If they just prayed a little more. And we start to use it as bargaining chips for God. And we need to be careful. There's a fourth thing, and we're gonna wrap up with this one. A little bonus reason why we divide, because it's a little bit nuanced. In verse 25, it says, uh, actually, the end of verse 24, it says, but God. By the way, in, whenever in scripture, if you see but God, like, listen, focus, reread that like 10 times, 
There's something important happening. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. You see, God's doing something. God made us different. It's his fault, right? He created all of you to be these different people. And when you're different, there's going to be some sort of collisions, right? There's going to be stuff where we're bumping into each other. There's a lot of reason to divide. There's a lot of reasons that we should be separate. But it says that um, in verse 25, it says, no division, but that every member may have the same care for one another. He did this crazy thing. He did this thing where we're actually interdependent on one another, where we can't say that this gift, this thing over here is cool and all, but it's not quite as valuable as what I bring to the party. What he said is, actually, you bring nothing to the party if this doesn't exist. If we don't have our prayer people, none of us are standing on stage. If we don't have our people who are out in the community serving our guests at pantry every week, a lot of us are going to feel like, what are we even doing, right? Like, We have to have this. We're interdependent on one another because God's creating something different. Here's the fourth reason we divide, and it's a little bit of a weird one. There's an entity. Sometimes this entity is referred to as the enemy, sometimes Satan, sometimes powers and principalities, but there is an entity that's sole purpose is to erode and corrupt and destroy what God created to be beautiful. It's the only purpose it has. And I've talked to you before that the, the way it does that, what's the apex of God's creation? Humanity, right? The only time God got his hands dirty, he formed humanity. He breathed into it the breath of life. He combined that which was physical and spiritual and bridged them. And so obviously that's gonna be a huge target for this entity, right? And we experience that in anxiety, in this broken world, in all these different ways, we experience those attacks daily. But you see, God's doing something more and is represented in this building and not the building, it's represented in the people inside this building and that's the church. Because God had this other plan that he said that there would be no division but that we would have care for one another. If one member suffered, all suffered together. If one member is honored, all rejoice. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That he was doing something different here. He was knitting us together in such a way that, that not only do we rely on each other, but when your arm gets hurt, you feel it, right? Your brain tells you, ow. Your feet say run away from whatever's happening, that we experience things together. See, because what he did in creating the church, and this is crazy language, in Ephesians it says that the church is the fullness of Christ who is the head, that we're the completeness of Christ. That in, in what he was creating, he created something beautiful when he created you. It says that you were created in his image, You have his characteristics. But here's the even crazier part, that when he made you, and when he made you, and when he made you, and when he made you, he gave each of you a gift. He gave each of you an aspect of his character. And he said, that's cool and that's beautiful. But when he looks at this room, this collection of individual people, 
there's a picture that's being painted, and that's a picture of the living God. That when Jesus died, and in a minute we're gonna do communion, when Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven, when he did that, something new happened. God was released on this world. God was let loose in this world in such a way, and he said, you know what, I'm gonna have my presence known. The kingdom of God is here, and I'm gonna let a world that's ruled by these powers and principalities know I've arrived. And I'm gonna do that in a very uh, strategic and very clear way, and that way is gonna be the church. That way isn't gonna be one individual who does this God thing well, but that way is gonna be a group of individuals who through community, through mutually depending on one another, represent something that's different than anything else in culture. In a culture that's constantly saying, for me as a young guy in a rural area, man up. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Grit and get through it. In a world that's telling you that you need to just be better, you need to just be prettier, skinnier, you need to work harder, you need to make more money. In a world that's telling you, you just need to do more. We have the church that says, no, you are so valuable. That in all your brokenness, if someone came off the street and said, I have no business being around all those good people in this building, for one, good people, like we also have struggles, but if they say I have no business, not only are they here in a drain, it feels like a drain, but they're actually here and they bring something new and unique because again, they were made in the image of God. So if you'll get your communion, you can start getting ready. And if you haven't used this before, on the top there's a little clear piece of plastic, you peel that first, and then you get the little bread thing. As we consider communion, what communion is, is it's, uh, it's got like two parts. It's a, it's a remembering of what Jesus did, right? And we're gonna talk about what that is, his death, burial, and resurrection. But it's also a proclamation of what Jesus is currently doing. And not currently like in this time in our culture, but currently as in right now in this room with this gathering of people that he created. And this is what I believe. I believe that we have a lot of reasons that we divide. I stated some of them today, right? It's easy. We compare for status. That we have a lot of reasons that we divide. But I believe that if we don't state that division is a problem, and if we don't clarify what the other way of living looks like, we won't do the hard work of having those moments where we collide. Grant said the other day that when he was a kid, he learned how to walk, and he was, he was bumping into things, right? And now, as an adult, as he's learning what it looks like to walk with Jesus, he's bumping into a lot of things, Oh, yeah, thank you. If you don't have communion, raise your hand. If there's people coming around, they will grab it for you. Sorry. And he was saying, if you don't, um, you're colliding, you're kind of bumping into people, right? And we have this time. You guys have been told a lot of reasons. There's people in this room that are around you that culture has told you you actually probably shouldn't interact with for a multitude of reasons. And we're quickly losing the ability to have a discussion. We're quickly losing the ability to disagree. We're losing the ability to have discord. 
because these things that when we bump into each other, they aren't just a collision anymore, they're a reason for division. And what I wanna encourage you with is that there's a life that's so much more abundant when you do the hard work, you do the hard work of leaning in. Not that there isn't a reason that you disagree, but there's so much more of a reason that it's worth working through. Jesus sat with his disciples at the Passover meal and he took the bread and he redefined it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Let's take the bread. And as we're participating in communion, the only way that what I'm saying is made possible is because Jesus did what he did. It's not out of your strength. It's not because you're a good enough person to handle some tension. It's because Jesus did what he did. And one of the things that he did was represented in this cup. He took the cup and he said, this cup represents a new covenant. What that means is this cup represents a new deal in between God and humanity. But that deal had a price. And that price was his blood. And he said, this cup is the new covenant poured out in my blood for you. Let's take the cup. God, we, we have so many reasons why we can divide. culture is trying to uh, trying to convince us daily over and over and over that the places that we don't align that the places that we collide into each other are reason to separate I pray over this room right now for individuals that are feeling isolated that are sitting in the compare mode, that look around and feel like they're surrounded by people that have it together, that are surrounded by people that represent a Christianity they will never be able to achieve. I pray that you would let them know that they're loved, that they're heard, that they're not alone. I pray for people in here right now who have been so diligent, who are kind of getting frustrated at the fact that they've worked so hard. And if people just listened to them, it would be better that you would remind them of all the ways that other people with other gifts have helped them and bolstered them and influenced them. Lord, I pray that this be a community that is centered on you. I pray that as we move forward, that wouldn't be about doing Christianity well. It wouldn't be about having the answers. It wouldn't be about getting to the end of the road, but it would be about seeing one another, caring for one another, and loving one another. That because of what you've done in our life, we can look beyond ourselves, and that we can pursue this great mission that you have us on. So God, we thank you so much that you're so much more than just a fix for our sin, but you're a reason for our life. We give these things to you in your name.